trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the doodah man, together, more or less in line. Just keep trucking on, on, on. Hey now, welcome back. Another, another Thursday edition of Homesteads and Homeschools. Do a little little review of what's been cracking off here on the Goodview Quarter over the last month. This is update number 14. So you can find the show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash gvq14. Um, I will try to put some show notes up. I have not been doing that apparently. I, I went back to look and see. And it appears that the last time I put notes up for this was uh, July. So a little behind, but hey, you know, when I, when I don't have links for someone else to post and, and someone to hold me accountable in that sense, um, eh, you know, there's pictures. They exist somewhere. I'll get them. And actually this month, I, I have some pictures to show you. There, there will be pictures and I, I will I will do that. I will do that. Hopefully before this airs, but we'll see. Anyway, guys, um, I hope you all are doing well. If uh, if you like like what you're hearing here, uh, go check out patreon.com slash libertyhippie. Go to the Amazon link, homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon. Click through the little affiliate link there, or even go, go on to iTunes, leave a review. Um, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, get, get the word out there, spread the word a little bit, and uh, help the show to grow. Also, um, go go on Keybase if you're into that sort of thing. You want to find a little uh, a group that kind of has something to offer. Uh, Keybase is kind of something that might might replace Facebook. I've I've pretty much taken myself off Facebook. Um, I still have an account. I still go on to check things once in a while, but it's uh, gotten to the point where it's I, I can't say that it's even daily. Um, I think my life is better for that. But I am I, I now find myself on Twitter a bit more at HS and HS Pod, and that is no good for one's health either. But uh, yeah, come over to Keybase. It's a it's a good friendly group. Um, lots of information. People that know a lot of stuff about uh, different things and are are willing to share their uh, knowledge with with you. I know I I have questions and I ask and I usually get some pretty good answers. So uh, you can come do the same. I will post a link to that in the show notes because yes, I have found it. If you listen to Thursday's show. I didn't know where it was. Now I now I know where it is. So you can come and do that. Now, let's get into it, uh, shall we? So schooling, schooling, schooling. Um, schooling's been going okay. Uh, we're still uh, doing our thing. My youngest two are still in public school, still wearing masks every day, still just mind blowing. Um, you know, my youngest keeps taking his mask off on the bus. And this is problematic because they have video cameras all over the bus. And um, whether or not the bus driver cares, uh, you know, for, for the sake of video and, and her doing what she's supposed to do, uh, he has to wear his mask. So that's an issue. The other issue is he is uh, still taking off his seatbelt. So he's four years old and he will get out of his booster seat. He's not even in a booster seat. He'll get out of his, his toddler car seat. Um, his, his infant car seat, right? With the, the five-point harness, he's still in that because uh, you can't trust him not to take his seatbelt off in the middle of, of the highway and jump around the car because that is something that he has done and uh, he continues to do. So five-point harness gives us a little bit of time to uh, to try to get him back in before he can get all the way out. So on the bus, uh, he also has a, a seat like that, but he will take himself out and get in the aisle of the school bus, which causes the whole bus to stop and everybody 
So I think it's just kind of a matter of time uh, before we we end up getting kicked off the school bus uh, in preschool. <laughs> so it should be fun. should be fun. Um, you know, we, we've started to kind of take them to school, uh, pick them up from school a little bit, give the bus driver a little bit of a break. But, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're trying to mix things up a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things going into, to, uh, the decision to send the two younger ones to, uh, public school was to give everybody sort of a, a break from each other and a bit of, uh, breathing room. And, um, I think we're kind of achieving that, to, to some degree, but at the same time, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think it's definitely not something that's going to last. That's where that is. Uh, I haven't seen a lot, you know, come home public school is kind of public school it is what it is it's um they had a book fair sent our daughter in with some money to pick up a couple books granted we didn't send a list in i guess you're supposed to send a list with your kid to the go to the book fair because usually you know you go into the book fair with your child and um pick out a book or you order the book and it comes to the classroom well because of covid no one was allowed into the school, of course, still. So the children are there by themselves with their money. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we just didn't send a list. And of course, you send your child in with the money for a book fair. And when they come back with uh, one of those, I don't know what you call it, trendy little fluffy kitty keychain things that go on your backpack that cost 10 bucks, 9 bucks. Uh, yeah, it's it's unnerving, um, and you know you can't can't totally blame teachers or whatnot, but you got to wonder why why is that even there at the book fair? Why is something that costs that much money that is that big of a piece of garbage at the book fair? Like it's books, man. Just let's let's sell books and pencils. Let's just keep it what it is. Um, but you got to make your money where you can, and uh, you know schools schools allow that to to happen. So. Anything else with school? Homeschooling, we're getting into World War One and World War Two with uh, my older son. And uh, it's been kind of fun because I'm not a big history guy. I think it's interesting. It's not like what I know a lot of. It's not my favorite subject. Um, but we've been getting into World War One and World War Two, And it's been kind of interesting because the book he's been using by, uh, I don't know the name of it offhand, uh, the author is Joy Hakim. It's not totally one-sided. It's not your history book that you'd use in the public school. There is a little bit of um, shade thrown at uh, the U.S. government and some of its actions during World War One and World War Two. I do not recall learning about Japanese internment camps in World War Two. I don't really. I don't remember learning about uh, the sinking of the the Lusitania there. I don't remember those things. Those are things that I learned later in life as a as an adult or a young adult and, and sorted through things on my own. This book actually talks about them, if very briefly, uh, they're still there. And um, it's led to bigger discussions, which has just, it's really been um, kind of nice to be able to have those discussions and not sound like a crazy person that doesn't have, you know, all the stuff to back it up. That, that thread is already there and you can elaborate more. It um, definitely lends itself to to more conversation, which uh, I enjoy. And, um, you know, it's, it's good too. You know, we've, we've been getting into propaganda and talking about looking at some of those World War II posters um, from both sides, you know, from the U.S. and from uh, the German side and what, what those look like and how they made you feel and what were they supposed to make you feel. I think it's been kind of an interesting exercise to look at 
some of the posters, some of the stuff we see coming out of, you know, the CDC uh, in today's world and talking about, you know, the propaganda that, that those have become, you know, how is it, how is it making you feel? And, and why would someone want you to feel like that? Right? Like, what is, what is the purpose? You know, um, and to kind of question, question things a little bit deeper than uh, normal. That's, that's about it on the school side for me. Um, get into the animal side of things. We uh, picked up some meat birds at the end of September. Yeah, it was the end of September. Uh, we got them from a place called Bob's Biddies down here in Georgia. And I uh, actually drove down to get them. It's, uh, I think it was like two hours, but they were pretty cheap. And if I drove, I didn't have to pay for shipping. So drove and, and picked them up. Now, in the past, when I've gotten them from other hatcheries, I've always, always lost some straight away uh, in the box, uh, in the mail. And um, first couple days after I get them, I've not lost any yet. They're five weeks old, five and a half weeks old at this point, and I have not lost uh, one. So that's been really, really nice. It's been awesome. Uh, I did build a brooder. Probably not, probably could have been a little bit bigger. Um, I think it's about four by three. Uh, and it works for the, the chickens, um, for the meat birds right now. But as the meat birds get bigger and they get bigger fast, uh, they need to be moved out. So right now they are in a sort of pallet tractor, if you will. Um, so they were in the brooder and I've, I've moved them out into uh, the yard and I have some, some pallets that I've tied together um, that kind of make a, a movable rectangle. And uh, I can add pallets on and make it bigger. I can take them away and make it smaller. So that's been kind of nice. Um, they're in the yard with one of the great Pyrenees that we've been working on training. And uh, I will let them out, you know, during the, the day. And they wander around the yard and uh, dog dog is pretty good with them. Cats are interested in them, but I think they are too big for the cats at this point. So we're okay there. I, I did, I got two, di- there was two different types of Cornish cross. There was, I don't know what it is, the Cobb and the Ross, I believe, are the two different varieties. There's not a whole lot of difference. You can't really tell just by looking at them when they're babies. Supposedly, they it's a matter of how quickly they, they put weight on um, and the bone structure. And one puts weight on a little bit quicker. One um, is, is slower to put weight on, but uh, it, it catches up in the end. So I'm not sure. I think I can tell. I couldn't tell the difference when they were little. I think I'm starting to be able to see a little bit of a difference now with some of them being the bigger slothy type birds that just kind of lay around. Um, and the other ones are a little bit smaller. They're more kind of compact, but they are definitely up a bit more moving around. Um, and I do not worry about them overeating or breaking any bones or just kind of laying around and, and dying from getting too fat. We will see how it is when it comes to uh, butcher time. One of the things that the, the folks I got them from said was that... Um, the, the smaller variety there can, uh, you can wait an extra week or two to dress them out. I know sometimes with the big broilers, you really, you don't have that leeway. Six to eight weeks is, is it because they just start kind of dying off. And these are, are not like that. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll post a picture of, of a couple different sizes and see if you guys can tell the difference. Um, at first I thought it was just roosters versus hens, but I'm pretty sure that that is not the case. Speaking of chickens, uh, we built a chicken tractor for my son. Finally got that up and finished. Put in a a waterer uh, that my boy Dag kind of lent me on to. Um, it's just a big 
four foot, I think it's about four foot piece of four inch PVC. Uh, you know, it's like a tube. Um, you fill up with water, got some drip nipples in there and that'll make things a little bit easier for, for my son getting in and out. And it's a, you know, tractor I think is like five by 10. So it's, um, you know, it's not a huge space, but it's enough for his, his birds. He's got some, some pretty birds that we have, uh, sort of bred here on site by accident. Um, and I'll try to post some pictures there. I, I will see how they, they all do. Um, I'm really hoping he kind of tries to breed them out and see what happens. Um, just to, just to see colors and generations, I think is, is kind of a interesting experiment into science, into genes and genetics and how things change over time, uh, in, in that sense of things and what traits you get from parents and how things kind of hybridize and, and really change. But that's that. Uh, I got our, we got our turkeys. We have 11 turkeys. I think we have two hens. I think I said that before. They're coming up on butcher date. They are not as big as I'd like. Um, it's kind of unfortunate. Some of that I think is because they had a hard time getting grain. They get out of the, the pasture and they get in the garden. So I got to leave them in the pasture. Um, I do let them out to feed them. If I try to feed them in the pasture, the goats get in the feed. Uh, I have an electric fence around it and they still get in there. Um, so the hope is to keep a few of the turkeys through and to start a sort of breeding flock. I think we're going to try to work with that a little bit and, and start trying to get heavier, heavier variety of the blue slate, I guess. Um, so we will see. I got to definitely have to figure out the, the feeder. Um, I don't know, some sort of hog panel box that only the, only the turkeys can get their heads in because the goats, uh, man, goats are crazy. They are crazy. If there's something they want, they will get it and they don't care about getting, getting zapped at all. They're crazy. Had one, one of them get, get wrapped up in the fence and it's like, you know, what, what are we doing guys really just, just knock it off. Cause you're going to, you're going to kill yourself trying to get some food. So Ooh, the next thing we got our garden gardens kind of in, um, I really want to do some more and life is just kicking me on the backside and I don't quite have the time to do the more that I want to do. I want to get some, some raised beds in the front. I think we're going to end up fencing in around our garden area. And, uh, I, I kind of want to get some, some raised beds, some pallet raised bed type things in the front, just because in the, in the garden, we just, uh, we got our broccoli and cabbage, Brussels sprouts. I made a bunch, I planted a bunch of seed starts that are there that are ready to go in. Um, and those are the ones that I'm kind of a little worried about. Cause I'm kind of, it's kind of like, they're not gonna, they're probably going to sit in the pots and not do anything because I'm, I don't have time to put them in the ground. I don't have any place to put them in the ground. I could put them in the garden, but, and that's probably what I should do. But the garden is just, the ground is such, such garbage at this point. I just don't even know. Um, I mean, it's, it's clay really, really have been working on amending it. Um, need to get someone to lend me their truck so I can go pick up a, a load of compost from the, the dump and, um, just toss that in there. Cause the, the leaves and the sticks and the, cardboard and the coffee grounds and the wood ash and all the stuff that we've been adding has been helping, but, uh, probably ought to set up some sort of berm in the back to kind of keep the water from washing everything away. It's got a little slope to it. And when it rains, as you can imagine, sand and clay don't absorb any water. So it just runs off in, in torrents and takes everything with it. So we got that going, um, dug up our sweet potatoes and they are, we got a, you know, a wheelbarrow full, um, I would have liked to gotten more out of them. You know, I only planted $5 worth. So it's, you know, 
we made money on that, right? Like it's we got more sweet potatoes out than than five dollars worth. Digging them up was was difficult. Um, in years past, it hasn't been that hard. This year, it uh, the ground was just cement, and I think maybe that's because I put them in a little bit of a different place. Um, but digging them up was was difficult, and you could tell when you were digging them up, kind of when they hit that that hard clay underneath them, they just kind of started getting squirrely and wiggly and um, weren't your kind of normally looking sweet potatoes. But they are out in the garage curing right now, putting them down on uh, some cardboard to to kind of cure in the heat so the the sugars um, develop. First time we did sweet potatoes, I was unaware that you had to do that with them. And, and we're eating some sweet potatoes and they just were tasting gross and fibery. And then I did some more reading and learned that they have to cure in nice hot temperatures. So those will be good. Looking forward to that. Also planted a, a fall crop of uh, wax beans that are coming right now. And uh, man, I, I love I love beans. Pickled beans, um, steamed beans. I just peanut butter beans. I, I love, I love my beans. So glad that that is coming. And, uh, I think that's about it. It's hunting season. I have not seen anything. Usually, uh, I hear lots of stuff, uh, getting shot in the back, but, uh, like I said before, they clear cut behind us. And I think that disrupted a lot of bigger wildlife moving through. And, uh, there hasn't been a lot of stuff and the guys behind me haven't been shooting a lot of stuff. So We'll see. Uh, see what happens when rut comes along in a, a couple weeks here. But that's all for now. And uh, yeah, weather's finally starting to cool down. So we've been doing a little bit of fires out of the fire pit, roasting some some gear, green coffee beans in the popcorn popper, eating s'mores and roasting hot dogs. So it's it's been fun. That's really all for this month, you guys. Like I said at the top, um, go check out the show notes. If you like the show, share it around, tell your friends, and bring a buddy. But that's that's really all, you guys. I appreciate your time. Go out there, do something positive, make people happy. Um, don't worry about Tuesday and what's coming, because there's nothing we can do about it. Um, what's going to happen is going to happen, and the only thing you can do is is try to affect your community. It's something I have to keep, keep reminding myself, but it's uh, where it is. You guys, remember to get out there. Sow those seeds of liberty. We can all reap seeds of freedom together. Write us this dream.